This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Praise the Lord, Dr. Hansen. Good evening to you. Good evening, Shannon. Thank you for waiting for us. And uh, folks, welcome aboard. We're excited to be here tonight with Dr. Jonathan Hansen for another edition of the Warning Program. Dr. Hansen, uh, would you like to open us in prayer? The mic is yours. Father God, we want to thank you for once again this evening. We pray there, Lord, that each person listening will be truly touched, their spirits will be awakened, and their hearts, dear God, will come on fire so they can be flames of fire, they can help us in eagle-saving nations to bring a great awakening, not only to America, but the nations around the world. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I spoke recently in a service, Des Moines, Washington, called My Father's House, Pastor Mike DeLorenzo, and we're going to hear it right now. You saw my website. If you look on that website, I mean, we're on radio and television, social media, different podcasts all over the place. But if you don't know any of my channels, you can go look on my website, and we're on seven days a week. You can see radio and television. The last three weeks, I've been interviewing a lot of politicians, trying to put the right people into office. That's part of our responsibility, amen? To make disciples of all nations. We can pray all we want. Jesus isn't coming out of heaven to do your job. Are you there? We have the responsibility to save the nations. We have that responsibility. We're his ambassadors. He gave that to you and I. And he's not going to take it away. Now, we have a responsibility in prayer. Tomorrow night, I'm leading the state of Washington, and we're having 50 states praying over a six-hour period. 50 states and I over the state of Washington. I believe in prayer, but I also know our responsibility. We battle evil forces. We release heavenly hosts to battle evil forces, but you and I battle evil men. We've got to put the right people into office. Jesus isn't going to come back to vote for you, and he's not coming back to save your nation. It's not going to happen. That's a misunderstanding of Scripture, a total twisting of Scripture. And we need to understand the Scriptures. If we don't understand the Scriptures, we're praying uselessly. I go around the world and see the church being slaughtered. You know, more Christians are dying right now in this generation than all the generations combined. I'm talking about persecution. They hate the church because we represent God. We bring peace and salvation, unity, prosperity to nations. And they're trying to force a new world order right now. I'm passionate. I travel the nations, as you see. I see the slaughter of the church. My grandfather was the first missionary in China, northern China. 
for the assemblies of God. They lived 30 years there. His son-in-law was shot and killed in the head for being a pastor. World War II, they put the Hansen family in the concentration camp. They could have escaped. They had time. They were warned to flee, but they prayed. And said God said they'd stay with the church. They said, don't you realize you're going to be arrested? But God said to stay with the church. They understood to live, we live for Christ. To die is promotion. Not that we have a martyr's complex, but the reality is we're supposed to represent Jesus Christ. We are his ambassadors. Amen? Amen? Amen. We're his ambassadors. Amen. We've got to start to act like his ambassadors. The church has been intimidated. They've been afraid. We're afraid to come against homosexuality, all sorts of sins that bring judgment on a nation. Look at my programs. We don't pull back anything. I'm meeting with Donald Trump, and what I'm going to be saying with him is, Mr. President, I believe you're going to be president again. But I'm telling you, even if we put the right people into office and we stave off the toppling of the republic for a little while, Unless you understand the four sins that bring judgment on a nation, idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent, dividing the land of Israel. Sir, this nation's going to fall anyway. It's coming under judgment. And homosexuality is a sin. Are you there? Yeah. We've got to understand this. If we put the right people in right now, we can stave, you know, the republic from following now. But if we don't understand the science of judgment, what brings judgment on a nation? You know, we just overturned Roe versus Wade. Not because the American people did it, because Supreme Court justices did it, that Trump put into office. Glory. That's what we're going to talk about. Not the Supreme Court justices, but we're going to talk about it's now time. It's now time. Tomorrow night, like I said, I'm on syndicated on If My People. You could turn it on there. You could turn it on YouTube. Turn it on our website. 50 states will be praying. All 50 states for the election. Just like you said, the corruption, things like this, they don't want to lose. And I've been interviewing members of U.S. Congress, others. I've been interviewing now for months, and they're praying that we still have free elections. We're close. But then they're praying they'll abide by the elections. Then they'll pray that they're not stolen. I mean, these are members in Congress that are really concerned right now. Biden's pushing for a war. Then he can declare martial law. They don't want to give up power. So many of them could go to prison. Right. You understand that? Yeah. I move apostolic prophetically, but before I did this, I moved this way since 85. I was 10 years in law enforcement. Okay? I was the president of the Christian Fellowship of Police Officers with the FBI, the CIA, U.S. Marshals, Secret Service, local county police. I investigated felony crime. I was on the SWAT team. I know exactly what's going on. This is a communist takeover. And only the church can stop it. Amen. Only the church. Yes, amen. And if we don't stop it, it's not going to stop it. Jesus isn't going to come out of heaven to stop it for you. You are his ambassador. We've got to understand that. All over the world, if they don't understand their responsibility, they pray needlessly and they die by the millions anyway. All over the world. Men stood in the gap. All through the Bible, they stood in the gap. They went into slavery anyway. Why? Because it took repentance of a nation. Not symbolic repentance, me standing in the way and repenting for a nation. That doesn't do it. It's like a Nineveh. That's what does it. So I'm going to be urging Donald Trump, we've got to understand sins of abomination that brings judgment on a nation. You know, Donald Trump had the wrong people around him the first time around. 
He needed some real apostles and prophets, not people saying nonsense to him and building up his ego. Are we together? He needed real men and women of God around him. It's now time. Father God, we pray right now in Jesus' name. Each person here understands their God-given responsibility and authority. We have authority. We have responsibility. When we understand that authority with our responsibility, we can change a nation. We can change a community. We can change a city. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm going to go over some information and then preach a short sermon. I really wish my wife was here. She was scheduled to teach in a women's conference this morning at Emmanuel Ziga's church. My wife is really powerful too and moves heavily prophetically and gifting apostolically. And I wish she was here because you would be blessed. Some of you uh, met her before. And next time I come, I will only speak a short time and we'll go right into ministry. Okay? Does that sound good? Sure. Because, you know, we love to do that. Somebody asked me before we began, do you prophesy over people? And yeah, I do. I, I don't uh, just line them up and give everybody a prophecy. But I do that. I do a lot of it. I have to really have a word from God. I don't like to make things up. Amen. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll give you one example, and then I'm going to get into the sermon. I was in a civic center, and that's where I flew in and speak for three hours and minister for three hours. And I did that for nine months. This time, my plane was late, so I couldn't minister for three hours. And, you know, we prayed for the sick and so many miracles. We could give you so many testimonies. It would encourage your faith. But I also want to give you information tonight. My plane was late, and so I explained to the crowd. I said, you know, I, I can't minister to you. I'm, I'm sorry. And somebody on the front row, it, but I just gave the explanation so everybody was still seated. You know, they told me, please get him out because, you know, we can't go any longer. And so I said, I cannot minister to you. But somebody grabbed me anyway. And he said, prophet, I won't let you go unless you give me a word. <laughs> well, I can't give a word unless God shows me it. But then God did show me at that time. But he's used to these fellow prophets. I mean, you could be in all kinds of sin, but you're a mighty man and God, all this nonsense. You know what I'm saying? What can be in theory, but they're not. And so I said, sir, are you sure you want the word? <laughs> yes, I won't let you go, prophet. I said, well, okay. This woman you're sitting next to, she's your wife. But you have two other children from two other women. And immediately he let me go. <laughs> See, he didn't want any more words from God. But God wasn't done with him. So I said, you need to get on your knees. You need to confess to your wife that you had two other children from two other women. You need to confess to this whole congregation for insulting and offending the Holy Spirit, thinking you could lie to a man of God. Now, that was the whole thing with Peter. You're not really lying to Peter. You're trying to bluff the Holy Spirit that you cannot bluff and lie to God. And he did. He was so shocked that he cried and confessed to everyone. But anyway, next time I come, I'll prophesy if you want me to. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Now, if your sins are under the blood, believe me, I don't shame you. I don't shame you. No, believe me. But, you know, this but guy. My wife does, so beware. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you, she knows. My wife really, you would have loved her this morning. And, and Ziga loved her. She's ministered to Pastor Ziga before, and that's why he invited her. He showed her some things, the Lord, and so he said, You come speak to my church. Let's move on. It's now time. 
Democratic members of the U.S. House of Representatives, Tulsi Gabbard, made the following statement about why she is leaving the Democratic Party. Quote, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. It is now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by radicalizing and racializing racism every issue and stoke anti-white racism. They actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our Constitution. They're hostile to people of faith and spirituality. They demonize the police and protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding citizens. They believe in open borders. They weaponize the national security state to go after political opponents. Above all, are dragging us closer to a nuclear war. That is U.S. House of Representative Tulsi Gabbard that left the Democratic Party and she represented Hawaii. According to the May 2022 Gallup poll, 76% of Americans think fornication is morally acceptable. 71% believe homosexuality relations are proper. 52% think abortion is permissible. See, if we put it up to the vote, we would have lost. So don't think America's getting better. We would have lost. But Trump put in three conservative Supreme Court justices that voted according to the republic under God of no morality. See, the, the laws, the courtrooms, they were all under the Bible before. That's where our laws came from, the Bible. Thank God that Trump put them in because they overturned Roe versus Wade, not the American people. 52% condone it. Think about that. We need a revival. We need a great awakening. Yes, we do. 76% think fornication is permissible. Cohabitation. 76% of Americans. A Pew Research Landscape Survey found 20% of millennials believe the Bible is the literal word of God compared to 35% of baby boomers. Only 20%. Another survey said that only 12% of children and youth pastors have a biblical worldview. 12% of youth pastors in our evangelical Pentecostal charismatic, well, what are they teaching? Just because you believe in God's mentality and know he's real doesn't mean you serve him. They have a biblical understanding, but obviously something's wrong with their relationship. In the schools, public universities, etc., they're teaching pure communism, anti-God. Satan is a perfect example of knowing God is real, but still disobeying and rebelling against his laws and morality. Please help me protect believers in America and the nations by supporting eagle-saving nations. Now, in your thing here, You'll see my brochure. You'll also see a call to warriors. I'd love each person to become an eagle. You say, what can I do? we got to get into the stadiums. We need to get back to Pentecost. Yes. I mean, a person could do it only once a year, $50 for the entire year. Skip a couple of coffees. Or don't complain if America falls. We've got to have another great awakening. The church is the only one that's going to bring it. Amen. we got to get into the stadiums. Dennis Moore and others are with me. You know Dennis Moore, that's why I mentioned him. Right. A lot of the politicians have joined already. They know we're going to fall if we don't have another great awakening. Get into the stadiums, get back to Pentecost, where the light of Christ can come out without fear and intimidation, and finally have the courage to speak the truth. Amen? Amen. We've lost America to this point because the church, frankly, has failed. You make no mistake about it. You might not have failed, but the church generally has failed. Yes. Eagle Saving Nations, inspired by the Lord.
to schedule major services in NFL stadiums, NBA arenas, civic centers, churches, to wake up the body of Christ to another great awakening. Electing good political leadership will delay America's demise, but only repentance can stop its destruction. You know, I believe Donald Trump eventually will be the president again. You know, I would have already met with him, but the election was stolen. Believe me, it was stolen. Me and others have the, all of the evidence. It was so stolen, so rigged. Censorship is everywhere. They yanked me off as soon as I brought out the evidence off YouTube. Boom! And I brought off the lies of COVID. Boom, they just yanked me off. No three strikes and you're out. No appeal. I tried to appeal. They said, this is COVID. You get no appeal, Dr. Hansen. So we just lost thousands of programs, thousands of subscribers, years of work. They threw me off. We're on everything else now, including we're back on YouTube only under a different name, not World Ministries International, but Jonathan Hansen Ministries. But then it's only vanilla. You right. catch the meaning? Right. It's not anything in deep, exposing corrupt. It's only vanilla messages. Go on my website and you can see all my programs. You'll like it. Now, I want to speak on I am a debtor. You know, I listened to our brother from Ethiopia. He's a debtor. This young man back there, a debtor. And I've watched other of you. We're debtors in the right sense of the word. I don't have time to get into my whole history. After repenting of hating a man for five years, you know, if you hate, it's because you have too much pride and the Holy Spirit can't flow through you in powerful ways. So once I really repented of that, I won't go into how that happened, but I've given that testimony before, but I'm trying to get into this message. Then I had my first supernatural dream in 85 that projected me into the ministry today. I saw apocalyptic events in that dream. I saw death lines. I saw crisis everywhere. Apocalyptic events. The Bible talks about it in the book of Revelation. I saw myself meeting with the presidents and the prime ministers, which has come to pass, and continually coming to pass. I saw the heartbeat of God. It was broken. I said, Lord, why is your heart broken? He said, because of my bride. I said, why? What's wrong with the bride? He said, they're in love with the world more than me. I said, but why, Lord? And he said, because of the pastor behind the pulpit. Amen. Did you catch it? Because of the pastor behind the pulpit. Now, I'm ordained. I'm credentialed. I have three doctorate degrees and a couple master's degrees, ministry, theology, divinity. The majority of our pastors have failed Jesus Christ. They've turned the church into a business. They're not close enough in relationship with God to speak the truth. They bend to the whims of the people, so they, they call them giving units, so they get their money. Are we together? Half of the churches are under the Federal Council of Churches. That's a Marxist-Communist covering, which are over the National Council of Churches and the Geneva-based World Council of Churches. Those are the mainline churches. Episcopalian, Methodist, Presbyterian, on and on, Lutheran. They're inviting gays and they're ordaining them as priests. They're inviting drag queens in. Are you following me? Yeah, yeah. The mainline churches. We need another great awakening. Yeah, oh yeah. The mainline churches voted Democrat in Biden. Oh, yeah. They tolerate sin. They ordain homosexuals as priests. Drag queens. Now, if this doesn't offend you, something is wrong with you. Because I will guarantee you it offends God. Because sin brings destruction on a nation. And God's will is for none to perish. He doesn't hate the sinner. He hates the sin. Amen. This should bother us. Sin. Because it bothers God. He's going to have to judge that person. That's why Mike goes out even talking about the molds. He understands that. He wants to bring as many people 
if you want to say, out of hell into heaven as he can. Because they're on their way to hell. We've got to understand that. I am a debtor. Romans 1, 14 through 16. It says, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So as much as it is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. The Jew first, then the Gentile, the Greek. Now Paul reveals his heart to reach all people with the gospel. He gives three reasons why he has to do it. One, I am a debtor. I'm a debtor. I understand that. When God showed me that vision, I understood my own depravity. I'm a debtor because of God's mercy and grace. I repented of my own sin of unforgiveness. Now, before law enforcement, I'd gone to Bible school too. But that does not make you right with God. I'm a debtor. Here's the reason why all Christians should have a measure of the apostolic heart after having been impacted by the ministry anointing. We have an obligation, Paul says, I am a debtor. When the apostolic heart has been revealed to us, we will also sense our obligation to share the good news with others. I am a debtor. We will all become missionaries to parts of the world. We're all a missionary. We share the gospel wherever we work, wherever we live, wherever we play. You reach people that I will never reach. I reach people that you will never reach. Our brother reaches people that we will never reach. But as we work for, as the bride of Christ, we reach them. We have an obligation. It's in our heart. We're compelled by the Holy Spirit. I don't have a choice. The more I get... You know, I'm, I'm not young anymore, but I won't consider myself old. Amen? Let me tell you, as long as I have strength in my body, I'm not retiring. Amen? I'm not retiring. Caleb took the mountain at 80. I don't know what you think I am. I'm close to 70, but I can still run. I can still sprint. I can still... Yeah! Amen? My debts include all the lost people of the world. I owe it to Jesus to tell him about what he has done for me. To all the lost people of the world. Paul realized that. You know, Paul, a Sanhedrin of the Sanhedrin. Money, fame, he had it all. But when he realized he really had nothing, because when you die, where do you go? You can't take your fame, you can't take your money, you can't take your prestige. You know, I'm a Sanhedrin of the Sanhedrin and all of this stuff. He realized he was a debtor. This haughty man that arrested the bride of Christ. My debts include all the people of the world. I owe it to Jesus to tell him about what he has done for me. Because Jesus paid my debts, all the sins I committed and ever would commit. He also left me with a debt to pay. I owe it to them because I know the truth regarding eternal life. For me to withhold life-saving device from a drowning person would be criminal. The church today that lives in the me culture may never give a thought to the obligation we have to spread the good news of Jesus. The excuses range, that is not my spiritual gift. Two, I don't have that kind of personality. But when our hearts are touched with the apostolic grace, we realize that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. 
resulting in a sense of obligation for the eternal destiny of others. Before I went from just mental ascent to personal relationship, and I came out of that dream after repentance, then inside of me, there was such a responsibility and obligation to spread the news and to wake up the church. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, instead of being a man that's fearful or intimidated or can't share his faith, now that overriding power of God within, it's God in you, the hope of glory. God in you. Amen. God wants to continue to do the same miracles he did on earth, but he must do it through you. And that's why we got to get back to Pentecost. Yes. You know, Jesus said, don't even try to represent me until you're baptized. Mm -hmm. But most of the church ignores that warning. They don't care about baptism. They're offended even. And so they even say, don't do it in the church right. if they believe in it. Right. Jesus' commandment was, don't even try to represent me until you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because you won't have the courage, the strength to represent me. You'll be like Peter who ran, hid, lied, and saved himself. Until he was baptized himself. Yeah. Then he spoke fearlessly and 3,000 were saved. We cannot represent Christ without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Again, ego saving nations, Mike. Get back in the stadiums. Can you say amen? amen. We need another great awakening focused on Pentecost. I'm a debtor to I am ready. Paul goes on to reveal the impact of this sense of obligation. Upon his own life, by indicating how he had prepared himself in response, he says, as much as is in me, I am ready. I am ready. Wow. No half-hearted effort here. As much as is in me means he gave 100 110%. Everything. In other words, I have done all to prepare myself to meet the challenges of sharing the gospel in any culture to any ethnic group. As much as is in me. This is the missionary heart. That's why my grandparents stayed in China. That's why my uncle was shot and killed. That's why my grandfather and my father were tortured. Ate eggshells so their teeth wouldn't fall out. Ate maggots for protein. They realized they were a debtor. And as much as is in me, I'm going to represent my Lord and Savior. As much as is in me. Paul says, I am ready. I have done all to prepare myself to meet the challenge. Why do we go to the church, attend Bible studies and conferences? Why are we here tonight? If not to prepare ourselves to share the gospel effectively. Without the sense of obligation, we will study and learn all we can just to enhance our own lives and the lives and dreams and prosperity that we believe God wants us to enjoy. We must lift our vision to the white and harvest field to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in our hearts. This is what I love about Mike, is he always wants to save souls. Here he's ready to give up Friday night, but he's also talking. Just in a few weeks, let's go to the mall. Right. This guy ain't going to take Friday nights off all the time. <laughs> I know what's in you, Mike. The Holy Spirit. A heart for souls. As much as is in me. People are retiring your age. Why don't you re How can I retire? I'm a debtor. Amen. We haven't won the world. Should I sit back and watch America fall? No. As much as is in me. As much as is in me. I had dead threats. A lot of them. One said, if you go outside your house after 6 o'clock, you'll be shot. 
Well, I'd done a week of exposing Islam. And I was scheduled to go to Abu Dhabi and Dubai, United Arab Emirates and Muscat Oman. So the FBI said, what are you going to do, Dr. Henson? Are you still going? I said, yeah, I'm still going. I leave in two weeks. And my first wife, who's with the Lord now, said, what are you going to do? He said, well, tonight I'm going outside till 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> I am not going to be intimidated. Amen. I am not going to be afraid. Amen. Nobody can touch me unless God allows it. I went to Abu Dhabi, we saw miracles. You go to a Muslim nation and you represent the living God, you're going to see miracles. Amen. And they carried a Muslim guy in, he, had a, he broke his back on a motorcycle. Listen to this, Muslim nation, Abu Dhabi. I touched him and he just went flat and all of a sudden in front of everybody, he does a back kip. This is a broken back. Wow. He runs around. Wow. Let me tell you, we had revival, amen? amen. We packed our place out. Yes. Because Jesus is real. You see what I'm saying? In uh, Abu Dhabi, a lady came in. Her arm was frozen to her. Frozen. And you could see it all on television. You could see as we prayed, and all of a sudden she's crying. All of a sudden her whole body is shaking. All of a sudden her arm is swirling. And all of a sudden it's totally liberated. Yeah, hallelujah. This is what our God does. He does this consistently. This is who our God is. He's real. Lift our vision to the harvest field. God is waiting for the church to bring in the harvest of the former and latter rains so he can send his son back to earth, James 5, 7 through 9. Paul urges Timothy to be fully prepared to share his faith by being a diligent student of the word. We must understand the word of God. It takes prayer. It takes being an ambassador, speaking the truth, preaching, teaching, making disciples. It takes all of that. We have a responsibility, you and I, and we must carry on that responsibility. 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Paul was prepared with the wisdom and revelation of the word of God. He was ready to explain the finished work of Christ in enough detail to convince the unbeliever of their need to receive Jesus as Lord. It is sad to say that most cults today have gleaned their members from former Christian church attendees or members who never applied themselves to studying the Word of God. Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons. Friday nights, I'm on a syndicated one-hour talk show that goes around the world out of Bali, Indonesia. In our chapel there, we have a Friday night service, Saturday service, Saturday night. Tomorrow we have a Sunday morning, and I'm leading uh, that 50 states, and I'm leading Washington. Again, you could look it up on If My People by Greg Winslow, or on YouTube, on our website. We have a responsibility. Paul was prepared with that wisdom and revelation to explain the finished work of Christ. And enough details to convince the unbeliever of their need to receive Jesus as Lord. It's sad to say that most cults today are better brainwashed to convert Christians that are not grounded in the Word of God. And that's all it is. They don't know the Word of God. But if you know it, you'll convert them. I've converted so many people. Muslims, everybody. But you better know the Word of God. Amen? Amen. That's how you do it. By the Word. That's how you defeat every temptation. By the Word. That's how Jesus did it. 1 Timothy 4.1 have you studied what you believe and the other guy believes? As well as that you can show them the truth. One, I'm a debtor. Two, I am ready. 
And three, I'm not ashamed. Like I said, I was supposed to have already met with Trump, and that's another story. I told you how I was in Burundi, and I gave those five words of murder to the parliament, and then I told him I was going to meet with the president of parliament in Rwanda, and I did. And the first words out of my mouth in the parliament, then I did a disclaimer. I said, sir, I would never say this to you. I would never say this to you. But this is what the Lord is telling you, that the majority of your parliamentarians, sir, they're fools. Now, Rwanda killed 1.3 million people. Did you hear what I said? The majority of your parliamentarians are fools. Now, I had to fast 42 days to go into Rwanda and Burundi, or I'd have never said it. Fasting, you deny yourself, which eating is self-preservation. Deny yourself, fill yourself up with the word and the spirit. So now you can represent God in his power and strength. Because you are out of the way. Whether you live, you live for Christ. If you die, then you die. Sir, I would never say this, but God says the majority of your parliamentarians are fools. I said, God's definition of a fool is one that rejects the word of God, the spirit of God, the laws of God, the morality of God. And under your own wisdom, you've created your own laws and you've killed 1.3 million of your own people. And God is calling this parliament a fool. You know, parliament didn't really like it. <laughs> but I got out alive. And two weeks later, the president calls me and says, do you recognize me? I said, yes, sir, I do. He says, well, the parliament, you know, even if they didn't appreciate your words, they went over them. They realize it's the truth, and they've called seven days to repent. And we've called it for the national stadium of 60,000. And for seven days, they repented to God, to one another, and peace came to Rwanda, and they've had peace to this very day. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You don't go to make them like you. You give a word from God. And I'm polite, as polite as I can be, but... I'll give you your due diligence, your excellency, your honor, but then I'll tell you the truth. The point I'm making with how I was supposed to be with Trump is that president of parliament, that was years ago in the 1990s, he called me right before Trump. Now, they all thought Trump was going to be back in office, and he should have been. He got a hold of me. When he got a hold of me, he said, do you remember me? He gave me his name. I said, yes, sir, I remember you. He said, well, I found our picture from when you came to Rwanda on Google. Here you and I were together in the parliament. And he says, I want you to write a letter to Trump. He said, I am in Homeland Security now. Listen to this. He said, I want you to write a letter to President Trump. Tell him you only want five minutes of time. Tell him, you know, who I am. In other words, mention his name. What you do to bring peace to nations. And you only want to see him five minutes and pray for him. He said, I'll pick you up at the airport. I'll take you to my house. I'll take you to the White House and I'll put you back on the plane. All of that was being set up, and then he had his own problems. Now he has another letter of mine in Florida. And I already told you basically what I'm going to share with him. We must understand what sin is. Mr. President, you must lead the way. There's anointing when I meet with the president. He will understand what I'm saying. Now the question is whether he will accept it. He's a politician. You know, he's got a relative that's a homosexual. Nevertheless, that's the only thing that's going to stop judgment on a nation. Now, if you can't speak the truth, don't meet with a president. Really. And I tell pastors, hey, you don't need just a photo op. God's not happy with you if you can't speak the truth. He doesn't want you to meet with Castro just to say, God bless you. Castro will give you wisdom to lead Cuba. That's not what he needed. Uh, are you there? But you got foolish pastors wanting a photo op. I'm a big guy. You're nothing. God help you when you die. You're photo op.
as you blessed a man deep in sin with the blood of so many on his hands. I don't go to get an invitation to go back. Ever have. What you got to do when you go is give a word from God. God puts you there for a reason. Give a word from God. Give a word from God. Years ago, I'm just going to say this testimony. We're going to we're done. I was in a big church, and uh, two angels walked in, sat in the back. People saw. It was a church, over a thousand, and it changed the dynamics of that service. And I was speaking on angels that day. And so that night, you know, because people fell under the power of God, and they were laying there for about six hours. And that night in my house, I said, Lord, why did you send your angels? He says, my angels are in every service. Only normally I don't open up people's eyes to see them. But now this is what really, and I've used this for over 30 years, warning bishops, pastors, apostles, because two of them were there, and they wrote down everything I was saying. He said, they're in every service. And I said, well, what were they writing? And the Lord said, they're writing down what you said behind the pulpit. And they write down what people say behind the pulpit, man or woman. Now, this is what should scare you in a righteous fear. He says, on judgment day, my two holy witnesses that have already written down what you said are either going to vindicate you or condemn you with your own words. Because the Bible says, don't add or subtract from the word of God, lest you be damned. And people are twisting the word of God all the time, pastors, behind the, all the time, twisting it behind the pulpit and allowing people to continue in their sins. I have never forgot that. If you hear the way I talk, I don't go to please people. I try to please God. When I go into the parliament, I lay hands on myself. I say, Father God, give me the strength to represent you. Let me not fail you. When I come out, Father God, let me know you're happy with me. In Jesus' name, I lift my hands off and I walk into parliament. Whatever they think of me, they think of me. But I want to make sure my God views me properly. Because they are recording me, those angels. People have seen all over the world a giant angel behind me. And many times... Seven others or more. In Cameroon Islands, they saw 15 angels. I was in the center, seven horizontally, seven diagonally, and my giant angel. You see, myself see them? You no. See I don't myself see them. I have seen them, yes. I don't see them all the time. I have seen them. Some people see them a lot. But other people see them a lot more than I do in my meetings. This giant angel is with me in, in nation after nation. People see it. I had an apostle that came up to my place, never been there before. In fact, Marty McClendon told him about me. He came to visit me, and uh, he drove up on the property, and he stopped the car. He finally came to my conference room shaking. He says, Dr. Hansen, do you realize you have a 24-foot giant angel in your property? Now, I could tell you angel stories all night, really, and they would be very encouraging. Next time I come, I will invite my wife, and I will guarantee you she will come. I won't speak long, but we will minister. This lady has seen her minister at Beyond Barriers where I spoke, and then my wife came up. I am not ashamed. It is the power of God unto salvation, Paul said. When you preach the truth, people are without excuse. Some people balk. In other words, they're ashamed to continue, lest they offend. That's why we need to have an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ ongoing, where we daily speak in tongues, and Jesus in you is not ashamed of the Father, and neither will you be. 
That's why we got to get back into the stadiums and focus on Pentecost. Again, every one of you have that. Fill out that Eagles Saving Nations. You need to be part of it. Eagles Saving Nations. I am not ashamed. Paul was ready for anything. He was not ashamed. He would be identified with Christ who would show up and show the reality of God. Acts 14, 8 through 9, Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet, was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observed him intently, seeing that he had faith to be healed, with a loud voice, stand up. And he stood up, and he leaped and walked. Paul was not ashamed. And he had the courage to speak miracles. Did you hear what I said? Speak miracles. Speak the word. Let the miracle happen. I was in Jamaica, the largest tent in the nation, 5,000. That's a whole story I can't get into, but every single person, every single person, the blind, the lame, every single person that night was healed. Every single person, all on video. I was so hurting when I would pray for people. I would have to stop and kneel down, and the pastors around me said, you've got to quit, Dr. Hansen. You're going to kill yourself, because literally virtue comes out of you. And I was hurting, but I, I was crying. I said, how can I stop do you see everybody is healed? You know, the blind, water would come out and they can see perfectly. Stuff like this. Every single person. I couldn't stop. It went on past midnight. Speak the miracle. Paul stopped them from trying to worship him. He said, I'm just a man. But the word got out regarding the miracle and the Jews from Antioch came and stoned Paul, supposing he was dead, drug him out of the city, Acts 14, 19. Acts 14, 20, however, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up, went to the city, and the next day departed to Barnabas and Derbe. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lived in Paul and raised him up to complete health so he could go right back to his apostolic assignment without interruption. This is the missionary heart. My grandparents, even though they were tortured years in a concentration camp under the Japanese, if you understood World War II and the concentration camps, the Japanese were worse than the Germans. And they came out, and they continued to speak until they died. My dad, young man, pastored eight churches, but he had to take several sabbaticals, all due from the torture he went through in a concentration camp. But he was a debtor. He understood it. I'm a debtor. How can I stop? How can I stop? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lived in Paul, and he lives in you and I right now. Amen? Amen. Right now. We're going to pray and ask God to give us a missionary heart. We need to remember, again, we have elections coming up. Again, go on my website, and you will see so many good people that all of them that I've interviewed love the Lord. They're good people. A lot of them have been, up to this point, deputy sheriffs. One man was running from Seattle at was a lieutenant and left because of the crime. Brett Rogers, running for Snohomish County Prosecutor. Good people, all of them, really love the Lord. My goodness, solid men of God. Go on my website and you'll see them. Good people on my radio and television programs. Also, you see this, calling all warriors, become an eagle. We got to get into the stadiums. We got to have another great awakening. Yes, right now, We've got to get this election. We've got to put good people in. And we've got to pray that we can get them in and the corruption doesn't overpower some elections. You know, they're planning it. They're trying. As we speak, 
they're afraid to lose power. They're pushing war, nuclear war. I mean, I interviewed Matt Shea, former House of Representatives, 12 years, state of Washington, now a senior pastor. And we went into the scenario of nuclear war. We're right on the edge of it. They're pushing for it. Then, obviously, the elections are over. And then nobody takes office in January because it's martial law. Anyway, there's a lot of scenarios, a lot of things they're trying to do. We need to come against this stuff. Amen? But tomorrow night, I'll be leading in prayer. We have 50 states praying together. All 50 states. You know, there's a lot about unity, isn't it? Unity, Pentecost. Yes. When the church is in unity. And so that's critical. But let's pray. Say, God, give me a missionary heart. God, give me a missionary heart. So I have a sense of my obligation to share the good news. The dedication to prepare myself as a workman and the courage to identify with Jesus Christ. Amen? 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 Let's just pray that a minute. God, give me a missionary heart. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say, God, give me a missionary heart. And the sense of obligation to share the good news. And to dedicate myself to prepare as a workman with the courage to identify with Christ. Hallelujah. Father God, in Jesus' name, we just pray that each one of us will have that sense of obligation. We are not ashamed. We are a debtor. There are good people here. They understand this, but hopefully even more after tonight, even more of our responsibility, even more that we are a debtor. Give us the courage to speak the truth. Yes. Father God, thank you for Mike in Jesus' name. I've seen a weariness about him. I've seen him tired, dear God. This is a man I love. He has a heart, a missionary heart for souls. Renew his strength in Jesus' name. Touch him in every area of his mortal body that needs a healing. Touch him in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 And let's just pray for the election. Let's just all start to pray to God. Speak in your heavenly language. And then we'll pray together. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Father God, I bind the corruption in Jesus' name. I bind the corruption in Jesus' name. I bind the corruption in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All those, their God, that are plotting corruption, that are plotting to steal. Let them be exposed. Let them be exposed. Let them be exposed. Let them be embarrassed. Let them be arrested in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let them be exposed, Father God. Let them be arrested. In the name of Jesus. 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 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Father God, let there be a lot of surprises in the state of Washington. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let there be a lot of surprises in Jesus' name. Let there be a lot of surprises in Jesus' name. Let there be miracles, Lord. We speak miracles in this election. Hallelujah. 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 We speak miracles in Jesus' name. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father God in Washington, D.C., let us not only take the House of Representatives, let us take the Senate in Jesus' name. Let us take the Senate in Jesus' name. Let us take the Senate in the name of Jesus. Let us take the Senate in Jesus' name. Let us take the Senate. Let there be a tsunami. Let there be a tsunami. Everyone will be surprised. Everyone will be surprised. Many will call it a miracle. Let it happen in Jesus' name. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Call Allah Masan. The I shut at Allah Masi. The I kanda at Allah Mako. The I kondo at Allah Masan. The I shunned at Allah Masi. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Kanda at Allah Masan. The I shut at Allah Masi. The I kanda at Allah Mako. The I kondo at Allah Masan. The I shut at Allah Masi. The I kanda at Allah Mako. The I call Allah Masan. The I shun that Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you. 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 Praise the Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Kola la la masandi ay shata tadalmasi. Ti ay kata talamako, ti ay kondo dalamasandi Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father God, thank you. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for these people. Uh, thank you for Mike, dear God. Thank you for his wife. Thank you for the dedication. I know it's hard, dear God. Uh, Friday and Saturday, 25 years. So thank you. And we can't do enough to thank him, but you will. His reward and, and her reward, dear God, is something we can't match. But I do thank you for him. I thank you for his heart, a missionary heart, a heart of souls. And I love that heart. 
I love that heart. Let us all have that type of heart. Let us have it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, Shannon? Powerful testimony tonight, Dr. Hanson. Wow. That yes, service, uh, I tried to end it there, but it actually went another hour and a half of me ministering to people, prophesying over people. It went another hour and a half, actually. That's amazing. Praise the Lord. Brother Hanson, I want you to tell people how they can partner with World Ministries International. I think it's very important people do it. God has raised you up not only as a prophet, but a watchman for these times. And what you're doing is very important that people need to get behind it and support it. Also, want to alert people, you can become a member of the Eagles Saving Nations as well while you're at the website. Where do people find you on the web, Dr. Hanson? How can they support your work? Website is www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. That's www.worldministries.org. They can give on the website that way, or they can join Eagle Saving Nations. Now, 360-629-5248, They can telephone that, give over the phone. They want to write a check, make it out to WMI. Send it to World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Again, write it to WMI on the check, then send it to World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. We deeply would appreciate it this year. Actually, it's been a very tough year financially, so we really could use a, a great end of the year push. Praise the Lord. I want to tell you that I count it a real honor to be able to do these programs with you. Thank you for letting us have this opportunity and look forward to being on with you again next time. We love you all. Thank you, Shannon. God bless you. Thank you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part one, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as, The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, Example of King Jehoshaphat, Ungodly Alliances, God is Predictable, God Holds People Accountable, Man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as 
problems with the theory of evolution. Evolution and racism. Darwin's hatred of Christianity and its fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and Shalom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.